Welcome to the Skeptical Pastor Podcast. I am your host, Mike Mandry. I am a skeptic and a pastor. And here's the thing. I want to invite you into real and honest conversations about the questions and the doubts that we have about the Christian faith. Because I believe that when we have the real and honest conversations, we will find truth. And that when we find truth, we'll find the pathway to joy. So welcome to the conversation. Hello, my fellow skeptics. You are my kind of people, and I love hanging out with you, and I am so glad that you are here. Are you ready to ask some questions? Because I am. I love questions. And on this podcast, I am willing to ask the questions that no one else does about Christianity because I want to create a space where you feel safe asking the questions that no one else does. And the reason for this is so that you and I, that we can find truth, because I believe that when we find truth, we will find joy. And that's the thing. I want joy for you. I want joy for me. I want joy for everyone. I love when people find joy. So sometimes we have a different segment, but I want to jump right into this conversation. And this conversation can be described with three words, lunatic, liar, Lord. And you might be going, what in the world do these words have to do with this conversation? And it's this. If Jesus existed, he was either a lunatic, liar, or Lord. Let that sink in for a second because I think we could take it and be like, huh, like I never thought of it. Now, I am presuming that Jesus existed, and we'll get into that in a second. But either he was lunatic, liar, or Lord if he existed. And no matter what. If Jesus existed, he is the most dangerous person in the world. If, if he was a lunatic, he was and is dangerous to people. If, if he was a liar, he was and is dangerous to people. And if, if, and if he is Lord, it is dangerous because he's calling us to live a different way. So no matter what, no matter what of those three choices we pick, Jesus was and is the most dangerous person in the world. So we need to start with this question. Did Jesus exist? The rest of this doesn't matter if Jesus did not exist. And I want to jump right into non-biblical sources. I believe that if we're going to ask the tough questions, we need to look at the things that would be most skeptical of Jesus. Yes, we could go to the Bible and we can make a claim from there. But I want to go to non-biblical sources because I want to take the toughest evidence. I want to say, okay, this is the true evidence. This is the evidence that is not biased. So the first non-biblical source is Tacticus. He uh, lived roughly 56 AD to 120 AD, and he was a Roman historian. Um, and in some of his writings, he actually talks about Christ and the followers, and he says this. He says, their name comes from Christ, who during the reign of Tiberius had been executed by Pontius Pilate. Suppressed for the moment, the deadly superstition broke out again, not only in Judea, the land which um, this evil started, but also in the city of Rome. So we have Tacticus, a Roman historian who doesn't um, particularly like Christians. He says that Jesus existed. He talks about how he was killed and that involved Pontius Pilate. And he talks about superstitious beliefs. Now, could this have been miracles? Could this have been the rising from the dead? We're not sure. But it's interesting to see that there was a non-Christian, a non-follower of Jesus who um, talks about the superstitious beliefs that the Christians had. The second um, non-biblical source that we have is Josephus. 
He lived roughly 37 to 100 AD, and he was a Jewish historian. And there's some of his writings, like let's just be up front, that we think maybe were doctored later on. But there's a few that we know with almost 100% certainty that were not altered by people later on. And one of these, and this quote here that I'm going to tell us is one of those quotes. And the quote is this, and brought before them the brother of Jesus, who was called Christ, whose name was James and some others, he delivered them to be stoned. So in Josephus, we see that Jesus existed, that he was called the Christ, and that he had a brother, James, who died. Again, these are all things that scripture claim, that there was James, the brother of Jesus, that he did die. The third non-Christian source is the Talmud. And to me, this is probably one of the most great evidences that Jesus existed and a ton of who he was. So this was uh, the Talmud is a collection of Jewish writings that happened after Jesus, um, and they talk a lot about Jesus. And so I want to go through some of the things that they talk about who Jesus was. They talked about Jesus being a sorcerer with disciples. Sorcerer, what is that? That's one who practices magic. So in this Jewish writing, right, those who decided not to follow Jesus, they talk about this guy named Jesus in the past and how he's a sorcerer. He had followers. Okay, sounds a lot like the Bible to me. The next um, thing they talk about, that healing happened in the, the um, name of Jesus, that healing happened when they invoked the name of Jesus. Again, sounds like the Bible to me. talks about Jesus as the Torah teacher. You'll see that all throughout the New Testament, um, that the New Testament talks about Jesus being teacher um, and having authority to teach the Torah. Um, the Talmud also talks about Jesus being a son or disciple that turned out badly. Again, if you think maybe this is biased, this would be one of those where you would see that it's not biased. Like, okay, he was a son, he was a disciple, but, but, he, but he turned out poorly. Like, he's the one, he's the one that we don't really like to talk about, but um, he did exist. And like, yeah, like we, we, we all have those family members. And if you don't have a family member like that, you're probably that family member. Okay, back to the Talmud. Talmud also, also talks about Jesus as the frivolous disciple who practiced magic and turned towards idolatry, saying, hey, like he was this disciple and he turned towards this dark, evil magic. He turned towards this horrible thing and he turned towards worshiping idols. Again, not the best, but also talks about the miracle, the magic um, that happened. The Talmud also talks about Jesus punished in the um, afterlife. <laughs> I, I love this one, right? Again, you want non-bias. It's like, yeah, Jesus did these things, and he's punished in the afterlife because he really did some bad things. It also talks about the execution of Jesus as a good thing. It talks about how that was needed. Again, right, so we, we get this, this um, other source saying, yeah, Jesus was killed. Jesus was um, crucified. But this source says, oh, and that and that was a good thing. And not in the, hey, it brings salvation and faith, but because um, this person who had turned bad, he was taken care of. Um, the Talmud also talks about Jesus as the son of Mary. So if we look at the Talmud, the Talmud like is has these amazing um, resources and proofs for us. But if we kind of look at it, summarize it's that Jesus existed, that he had a mother named Mary, that he had disciples who followed him, that he did magic, that he did miracles, that he did sorcery things, things that they thought were of dark magic, and that he died upon a cross. And so if we look at the non-biblical sources, we see in them that Jesus existed, that he was killed, 
and that he did magic. Like we see that from multiple sources. Now we get from the Talmud and actually I guess um, Josephus too. We get the fact that he had followers, that he had disciples. And, and it kind of leaves me with the fact that Jesus existed on some in some way. That, that Jesus, that there is a historical Jesus that existed. Because again, if I don't believe that there was a historical Jesus that existed based on all of this evidence, then I can't say that other historical people existed. Because there is proof of non-Christian sources. There's proof of those who actually didn't like Jesus, who thought that his death was a good thing, who said, no, he did exist. Yes, he practiced or he had miracles, and they called that magic or sorcery, right? They didn't see it as miracles, as good things, but they saw those things. They saw what he had done. And again, if we don't believe that this Jesus existed, I don't think historically we can say many people existed. I don't think that you and I can then go out and say, Yes, this person existed. Yes, this 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 um, ruler of Rome existed. I don't think that we can do that unless we say, you know what, there is evidence. Now, that doesn't mean that all that Christianity proves or says is true. I think there is some proof that needs to happen on the Christian end. But let's let's look at this Jesus. So, if this Jesus existed, who was this Jesus? And we can use the Bible to capture the claims of Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean they're right. Our temptation can be right away to be like, oh, because it says this about Jesus, that's right. No, 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 no. We, we have to get to that. And there'll be a whole other conversation that we will have of was Jesus right about these things. But it does capture it because we can, we can uh, if you go back a couple um, episodes, we can look at how um, scripture is trustworthy and reliable. And so we can, we can with pretty much certainty, know that the Bible captured the claims of Jesus, these claims that we are going to be reading. Again, I think we can get to the point where it's like, okay, isn't this cheating? Mike, isn't this cheating? Like, Mike, you are cheating in this. Well, first of all, the other sources confirm the major details. So again, it's not like this is the only source. If the Bible is the only source, I would say I am probably cheating. I am cheating in claiming that Jesus existed even and all that. The other thing is we use the, the American sources for George Washington. It's not like we're like, hey, you know, those are biased towards America and, and we can't use those. Yeah, we can't really learn anything about George Washington from the, the American sources. No, 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 no. We can if they're reliable and trustworthy and we've showed that scripture is reliable and trustworthy, right? We spent a couple um, episodes talking about scripture. I encourage you to check that out. If you haven't yet, or maybe even stop this conversation right now, hop on back there make sure you catch up on that because I think it's going to be really important for this conversation. So what does the New Testament capture about Jesus? What words of Jesus did they capture? And so um, I first want to go to Mark 14, uh, verses 60 through 65. It says this, Then the high priest stood up before them and asked Jesus, Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent and gave no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus. And you will see that the Son of Man, sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One, will in the coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses? He asked. You have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? They all condemned him as worthy of death. Then some began to spit on him. They blindfolded him, struck him with their fist, and said, Prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. 
And you might be going, okay, what, what was the thing he said? Yes, he said that he was Messiah, son of the blessed one, but he says this phrase, I am. He was invoking the name of God. Um, in the Old Testament, the intimate name of Jesus is I am who I am. That was the name of God. So when he says that, he is declaring in front of people, I am God. And that's why they tore their clothes. That's why they're like, right now he is claiming to be God. Let's go on to the next um, capturing of what Jesus said. This is in John. So John was an apostle of Jesus. And in John 10 verses 25 through 33, he says this, Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the, and the Father are one. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you are a mere man claimed to be God. Did you catch that in there? He says, I and the Father are one. Whoa, like that is some major claim. And again, they're like, you are committing blasphemy. You are saying that you are God. Another spot, um, John captures Jesus saying this. In John 5, through 23, moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Did you catch that one? He says that, that he deserves the same honor as the Father. He's saying the Father, who's God, deserves honor, and I deserve that honor as well. Another claim of Jesus was captured by Matthew. This is Matthew 5, 21. We won't get into the whole verse, but it says this. You have heard it said, but then I tell you. And so what he's doing, he's saying, you've heard it said in the Old Testament that this, but I'm telling you it actually is like this. So what is he doing? He's claiming himself to be supreme to the Old Testament scripture. He's saying, I am able to change, clarify, expand on what that means. And lastly, um, in Matthew 14, verse 33, then those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Jesus accepted worship. It wasn't like in that moment they did. And he's like, oh, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. It was just a storm. I calmed the storm. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. He accepts that worship. And so we look at these and other verses that Jesus does claim to be God. So we have the evidence that Jesus did exist. And then we have the evidence captured in the trustworthy and reliable scriptures that Jesus claims to be God. That is a big claim. And that leaves us with a trilemma, right? Dilemma two, because D-I two, tri is three. So because of these claims, because of these huge claims that Jesus um, made and, and proclaimed in front of people that were captured. He is either a lunatic, a liar, or Lord. Let's break those down. So let's start with lunatic. We've shown that there was a historical Jesus who existed and he could do some sort of magic, but he could have been a lunatic. He could have had mental health issues. He could have believed that he was God, even though he was not. 
That is a possibility of what exists. And again, right? If, if I was claiming to be God, if I was going around saying, I am God, the God and I are one, um, I deserve the same honors, God, um, you should worship me. If that happened, my wife should check me into a mental health clinic because I would have a mental health issue that would need care. And it is possible that the historical Jesus was just a common, ordinary man who maybe could have some magic tricks who was a lunatic. And if he was a lunatic, he was dangerous to those around, and he is dangerous to those of us who follow him now. If we are following the footsteps of, of a lunatic, right, there is a problem. So that is one option. The second one is that this historical Jesus was a liar, right? We've established that a historical Jesus existed. We have outside sources, and it's possible that this historical Jesus decided, you know what's going to be funny? I'm going to lie to people. I'm going to lie to them that I am God. I'm going to go in front of them and I'm going to do some magic tricks and then I'm going to convince them that I am God. Lastly, is that he's Lord, that he's God, that he is who he says he is. Historical Jesus made these claims and it's possible that he is Lord. And this gets us to the point where Jesus is not just a good teacher. And maybe you've heard that. Um, it's easy because there's some great things that Jesus says. And it's easy to be like, well, you know, like Jesus said, you know, should love your neighbor as yourself. But here's the reality. He was not just a good teacher. Either he was a lunatic, he had some mental health um, issues that he needed help with, or he was a liar who was deceiving people, or he is Lord, right? He can't be just a good teacher. So what if Jesus is Lord? What if Jesus is God? How would that change your life? How should that change your life? How does that change how we wrestle with our doubts? I think it's an important question to wrestle with. So you might be asking, what's your conclusion, Mike? What is your conclusion? My conclusion is that Jesus is Lord. The evidence seems to point that way. Again, I've looked at this evidence, and we'll get into it more in the next few weeks of the evidence that we have. But here's where I'm going to stake my claim. There is proof that a historical Jesus existed. And out of the three options of lunatic, liar, or Lord, I see Lord as the best option. And there are some reasons that we can get into later, but that is where I have ended up. And so I seek to live under his lordship. I seek to put my life under his lordship, under his his reign and rule. But here's the thing. I still wrestle with some difficult questions. Just because he's lord doesn't mean that I can't question. I question some things. And there's some really big questions that I have. We talked about in the first or second episode that I have some major questions for God that I am wrestling through that I'm trying to figure out, even though I do believe that Jesus is Lord, I believe that he has the best for me. There are some things that I just don't understand and I ask. And here's the thing. I know these things and I still have my moments of doubt. I have my moments of doubt. I'm like, do I really believe that God took on human flesh, fully God, fully man, that he existed, that, that he did these miracles, that he was killed, that he was buried, that he rose again from the dead. And I have my moments of doubt because it's like, wow. But again, I go back to the evidence and I'm saying he existed. He seems to be Lord. That is the most probable place. So what is your conclusion? I would love for you to let me know 
by voice message, by email, or by the social medias. I know I just sound like a boomer there, but social medias, again, all of the links will be in the show notes for that. But I wanna hear from you. What is your conclusion? Because your conclusion matters. Your conclusion matters in this conversation. I am very confident in where I've ended up. But I always like to hear from others to say, hey, what conclusions have you come to? Hey, and thanks for being part of this conversation. It is awesome hanging with you because you, as I started, you are my type of people. My type of people who are willing to ask the tough questions, who are willing to work, to look at the evidence again over and over and saying, what is the truth? And remember, keep asking the tough questions because this podcast doesn't end the conversation. It only begins it. So welcome to the conversation.